The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. It was evening on the day Jesus rose from the dead, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. In my previous career as a social worker, I counseled a young child who had challenges with her family and at school. I had to keep a watchful eye, though, with her, since after her sessions, things would go missing. It started with a pen at my desk. I sat down and said, where the heck is that? <laughs> then a pen and half my paper clips the next time. As time went on, she would end up with a collection of office supplies in her pockets. Her mom would apologize and then return these things to me before our, our next session. We talked about it, but she then started to ask for everything and anything in there to take home. I was stumped on why this kept happening, and I told my boss about the situation. He told me that since this girl had lost someone in her family, she wanted others to feel the way that she does, to have them lose things also. It was a cry for help. I could better understand where she was coming from when I lost my dad 10 years ago. I too wanted others to understand how I felt. So I spoke about this a bit more with my spiritual director while in seminary, Father Frank O'Connor. I wondered if there was an easier way to move forward, to feel normal again. 
And for my homework, he had me reflect on this very gospel from today. He said, if you notice, the wounds in Jesus' hands and side did not heal completely after his resurrection. They were still there, but they were glorified. And he can do the same for you, turning that pain into something that can help others. If you offer those wounds to him, those words have stayed with me since. In the gospel reading, we find those disciples there in the upper room, hiding for their lives, certain that the officials were coming for them, just as they did for Jesus. The disciples experienced great guilt, recognizing that they had abandoned Jesus in his hour of great need. They were wounded by fear, disgrace, and guilt. And at that very moment, Jesus appeared to them. Despite the locked doors, Jesus stood in their midst, offering them peace and mercy. He tells them that through the power of the Holy Spirit, they too would be able to extend mercy by forgiving others. Their entire experience was transformed into something good. St. Peter speaks about this even more in the second reading. He says, in God's great mercy, he gave us a new birth to a living hope through the resurrection of his son from death. And we too have inherited this living hope, and it cannot and will not fade away. Jesus' resurrection reveals something to us about God and about ourselves. Resurrection is our destiny too. It's what we hope for and what God brings about in, in us and for us. What God is doing in resurrection is every bit as radical as what God did at creation in Genesis. God creates out of the chaos of sin and suffering, and he makes something new. Sin is taken away, and eternal life is given. For Christians, resurrection is a game changer. The possibilities of our human existence are reshaped. His resurrection is also not just a one-time event. It's one that changes the possibilities for human existence thereafter. God took an awful, dreadful Friday where his son died on the cross, and he made it Good Friday. There might be things, maybe from your own experience, regrets or sorrows that you hold back that you're hiding from. Offer them to the Lord. Unite your wounds to his. I've seen such good things happen as a result. In our very family of parishes, the leaders in our grief share group and those who serve at funerals, they've all lost a loved one and they wanna help others through a difficult time. Our mentor, our mentor couples for marriage preparation have gone through some difficult times in their marriage and they want to guide young couples to be able to do the same thing, to learn what they did. Those who help with things like St. Vincent de Paul, I'm sure that they've at some point gone without and they wanna help others in this very moment who are going through the same thing to help them. I'm sure there's so many more examples also of people who help out because they've been hurt in some way in the past and wanna help others who are hurting. I'm, I know that only through our Lord, you can find meaning in those difficult situations but you need to place yourselves in his hands 
You need to let him appear to you and say, Jesus, I trust in you.